Hey everybody, how's it going? This is Rob Turley, your host at Down the Rabbit Hole Podcast, and today I have somebody known as the AI Nerd, which I wanted that name, so kind of like screw you, but not really. Uh, but uh, I have Thomas Helfrich. He's a fantastic guy. He's all about like contextual data, uh, meaning uh, is that using artificial intelligence and leveraging other automation platforms, as well as very talented humans, in order to create digital relevance so create content content strategy drive engagement and i mean for example if you look at his linkedin he's got over a hundred thousand followers on there so he's doing quite well for himself uh but it's about leveraging humans and technology to work together as a symphony in order to create maximum relevant engagement which is very exciting for me why because that's something that i've been trying to do that a lot of other people are trying to do and i can guarantee you everybody listening to this podcast right now except for maybe one lucky son of a bitch needs this type of engagement that needs to grow this type of effort. So Thomas, please take over from here and uh, give us a little bit of a taste of what you do, what you stand for and all that good stuff, because you'll be able to introduce yourself better than I ever would. I think you did. I think I can leave. I think you just nailed it all. All my talking points are done. It's great. Thank you. No, hey, Thomas Helfrich. Uh, I'm the CEO and founder of Instarel.ai. And as you said, we were a digital relevance platform focused on uh, kind of three main elements we can talk about, which is really at the end of the day, though, trying to allow customers to become relevant on social media online through content creation and through engagement and then uh, really just kind of all founded in a strategy that that kind of drives the other two. Sure, so, sure. Thank you for on, by the way. I appreciate it. I love yeah, your background. No problem. No problem. What actually cool. brought you to doing that type of work? Because that's a very, very specific line of work. It is specific. At the same time, everyone needs it. So that that that's that was the draw. But what what happened was, uh, you know, so my background is in and my expertise is in intelligent automation. And for those who don't know what that is, that's where you automate business process, leveraging technology in the right moments with the intent to accelerate humans, uh, really not just to replace them. So you know, if you take that kind of idea and construct of automate business processes that are too manually heavy, too repetitive. Content creation became one that became obvious to me because it was the biggest pain in the ass across my career. As you know, working as a consultant in KPMG to a CTO of nearly a billion dollar services company and to working go to market efforts for a startup, they all had the same problem, which is creating content was a real big pain in the ass, let alone knowing what to go do with it, where to put it, how to engage with it, you know, in all that. So, uh, with COVID and all the things that happened, I, I somehow had an epiphany moment, and we can get into a bit, but it was, uh, I, I had a hypothesis that AI could accelerate content creation and relevance, and, and I ran with it on AINerd.com, uh, my blog, and, and and here I am. It kind of launched the next thing, which launched the next thing, which kind of brought us brought us to you and I together today. Yeah, no, no, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, yeah, since you have the AI nerd name, it's just that I've recently been coined the RevOps hitman. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. I read an article. It's called uh, The Confessions of a RevOps Hitman, so it's kind of funny how it, it came to that, which it, it's a pretty intense name, but I guess I like it. Uh, anyway, no, that's cool though, and everybody does need it. Is that I need it? You need it. We all need it. And even when you create it, you still need it more and more every single day. Uh, what are some of the struggles uh, that you ran into trying to use uh, contextualization and NLP technology in order to actually work in a way that can build creative content? Because there's one thing that computers are not good at, and that's being creative. They're good at querying information and providing it, not creating it. Yeah, great question. And, and the, the, you know, what I found was uh, that is, you probably know that you know the latest technology in AI writing 
uh, it's just not good enough to really be without a human in the loop. And, and so it's not really AI, it's really augmented intelligence as opposed to artificial. And, and eventually the, the technology will get there to the point where you can pretty much use it to write 95% of what you'll need. But for right now, a human is certainly needed in the loop. And, and there's all these different AI writing companies out there. What I found was each one does a little things a little different, a little better than the other. So, you know, what we do is we leverage all of them um, and then some of our own on. And this is all based upon mostly GPT-3 or GPT-J uh, technology, but it's just not there yet. You, you know, fast forward five years, it's going to be a lot better. But when it gets to the point, I think what I found is when it gets to the point where you can actually use AI to pretty much primarily write everything, which gives the mass scale and distribution of God knows what, you'll have regulations and other things. And social media platforms will start really cracking down on that stuff. So you're still going to need a human in a loop, even when it's capable to do more. Um, I don't know if that's really what I discovered, but <laughs> that's just the fact of it. You, you need a human in the loop to really be What's the government agency again that's, uh, that controls like what can go out on cable or like broadcasted and all of that? What's the name of that? I, I forget. I forget. I mean, it's important, but not to us. Uh, though I feel like I there would be right. limitations that by them. Federal Communications? I don't know. Yeah, Fed Federal Federal Communications Bureau or something like that. Or the FCC, yeah. Federal FCC. Um, Communications, uh, something. Uh, but I feel like they're going to get involved with this at some point. They're they're going to have to because the, the mass amount of information. I mean, I could see info bombs just getting dropped all over the place. Yeah, and it's going to get nuts if they didn't regulate it. And that would be up to the providers of those uh, technologies to regulate the number of uh, pieces of content they can create. Uh, they're doing that now. Time. You 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 have to. They limit how many words can be said on some of it. Uh, but that's that's us. I mean, like somebody, someone will take that technology and, you know, and us being like maybe a more responsible group, potentially, I'd say us, I mean, just people who are thinking that way, there'll be a whole others. It'll be like, yeah, screw that. We're going to go do what we want with it. So uh, it's going to be difficult. But like you said, something really important, though, that uh, AI doesn't create really new. It'll take what's there and reform it. Yep. And, and then specific to NLP and, and, and content generation. So humans are still going to have a place in this for a very long time. And one of the principles I think of intelligent automation is, you know, as long as humans involved, they're going to be involved on some level. So there's no like turn the switch completely automated anything. It, there's always people are retooled, re, refactored, re, you know, repositioned to do higher value activities. And in this case, it'll just be for more creativity and maybe, you know, tonality or other things like that. So I, I'm not worried about it, but there's ways you can accelerate your relevance um, with technology. It just isn't doesn't replace your ability to, to do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And when you're when you're creating relevant digital assets, what are the things that you keep in mind that are the most important to adhere to? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, there, there's really three things. It, it's some of it is uh, it really comes down to kind of the core things, right? You need to be consistent. That's one thing I, we always adhere to is you need to consistently be posting wherever your, whatever your preferred platform be, uh, website, blog, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever. Second, you need uh, content that's not so me, 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 we, we, we. You don't want to we over people. You know, no one wants to get weed on. So yeah, no, it wasn't it. it for me. It's not, right. here's all my shit, check it out. Because when you flaunt yourself, nobody likes someone who's a show off. When you talk about me, 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 you are a show off. Nobody likes to show off. Except Deion Sanders, he was pretty cool. But uh, the uh, but you're right. No, you, you want to be able to help people. So you want to make sure even if you're being promotive in what you're doing or promotional, you're still doing it in a way that's uh, creatively helping people. They're learning from it. And so that that's a, that's a neat piece we try to keep an eye on is to be giving more than asking. 
uh, and third is to be eclectic. So mixed between, you know, thought leadership type pieces, business pieces, motivation, whatever, what have you, and, and other ones that are just more fun to get people to like you. So this be okay mixing a variety of content to drive to your goals. And, and have you, so it, it, that made me think of something where, you know, with like pop music, they found a perfect equation where it's like literally an algorithm of what the beat, the sound and everything, the tempo and everything has to be where it will become popular. Like it, it will go platinum just because of the nature of it. As long as the lyrics actually resonate with what's going on and trending at that, at, at whatever given time the song is released, that it's going to work. Have you found any similar patterns in uh, text-based uh, content that you release that is pretty much guaranteed to get engagement, like a perfect equation? Classified. Oh, classified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're <laughs> Sorry, I got to mix some humor in with this exciting topic on content creation. No, it is actually very exciting because, no, there are. There are absolutely formulas to work, uh, you know, and it's easy. I mean, I don't mind sharing because it's... It, you know, just simple things where that are that are based in just a general formula, say of the basics, the benefits, the challenges, examples, future thought. Like anything that's formatted in that way and is written concisely with some kind of value, value meaning like it's not fluffed, does well. Uh, polls that resonate with, uh, you know, asking people questions or, or polls that resonate with uh, a broad audience or a topical subject that's not polarizing also does really well all the time. Uh, powerful images that mix, you know, emotion and text and, and quotes also almost always do very well. Uh, but that's not enough, right? So that's the content creation side. The other part I discussed was engagement. And so the engagement piece is what's important to that is if so if people are interacting with your, your post or your article or whatever, what have you, or video, you need to re-interact back in a timely way. You can't just let it throw it out there and, you know, that that's once again, not giving, that's just asking people to do it. So if you don't, you're not, re, you know, replying back messaging them following up and interacting as if it was a conversation that had no one's going to keep continuing to people need to feel like they're involved or like they're a part of it and when you don't interact back they don't feel like you're they're part of it it's very one way yeah exactly. for example with linkedin one of the largest drivers of their algorithm for your post to either go viral or actually get more engagement for it to get to the top uh you know uh, of people's feeds where it's not sitting at the bottom of the barrel is when the author is interacting back with the people who are commenting in a timely manner, meaning under a 15 minute window. Also yeah, comments that are under 25 characters on LinkedIn are considered irrelevant. I would agree with you. And most of the time, the ones that are under 25 characters or even maybe 25 words typically are, uh, they're afterthoughts, right? People aren't really into it. Unless, unless the, well, there are kind of like it's literally ignored by the algorithm. Oh, I believe it because it's it's the it's the combat uh, some of the automation that's on there. So I think if you know, like, there's ways to get around great. that. Wow, thanks, thanks for sharing this post. Like all that crap, yeah, it's completely ignored. Fresh and bold, mate. That's my favorite one. Fresh no, and bold. fresh and bold. God, mate, don't forget the mate. <laughs> oh, it's fresh amazing. and bold. Does that, does that hit twenty five characters? Do like, people know that when you comment like oh, this is great or something like that, that it, it's pretty much like it means that you don't give a shit about their content or it's interpreted as fuck you. I don't care. I, I think it's probably have a great day. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> right. Right. Really kind of, kind of way where you'd say that where it, it's actually kind of meant to be an insult or to have a terrible day, but yeah, you, ha have a great day, buddy. Yeah. So, you know, good for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's like contempt, just destruction. Hey, 
hey guy like when so you don't know somebody it's kind of like yeah so well they're good people that was my that's always my ever favorite when people say when they really don't want to hear your story more like yeah they're good people good people good stuff yep exactly yeah, we're, or uh, we're down south people. down south is uh <laughs> yeah. bless your heart when they say that it sounds like the sweetest thing in the world that is the world's most polite way to say fuck you or stop talking about that subject i'm tired of hearing about it yeah I don't know how we got on this. This would be good content. Things you say that actually mean <laughs> F yeah, you. Things, things that you can say that seem like they're nice, but actually mean uh, horrible, horrible things. Uh, right. You're welcome. Uh, like, or, or saying, you everybody. When, when someone says thank you, you say, oh, no problem. If you just go straight up, you're welcome. That means that you had the expectation behind them thanking you in the first place and that you were owed the thank you. So, so we're not going down that rabbit hole. Sorry. You know what's funny is that so when I first started at the AI Nerd YouTube channel, look at that plug, ran it right in there, didn't I? But it, oh. but the point was, no, when I first did, I didn't what I want to do. Is it going to my personal funny one? And I did I did a bit on, uh, I think, Prius drivers, but also on uh, the word sure. And I can't stand it. Like it, there's a cultural differences between someone going, sure. When you ask someone to do something, it's almost like I will not because I want to, because you're my boss and I want you really to go after yourself. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do it, but sure. Like I, I see that answer. I'm like, mm, yes or no. Be definitive, please. I'm sure it's like a maybe, but I'm, I'm going to resent you for it. And, and so that's a, that's a clever one, but there's, so, there are some, uh, cultural differences in that word. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree word. with you. 100%. Sure. One, there's, there's an entire book on how to use the word fuck. A whole book Ooh. on it with hundreds, if not thousands of different definitions and uses and contextuals of the word fuck. It's wild. Wow. I, I could see that for shit. But... Yeah, well, that I one too. But, uh, I mean, the, the most um, uh, versatile swear word apparently is fuck. Interesting. Is Wait, it by definition, it means one thing, <laughs> but uh, outside of that, Warren King under the covers with the king, I believe, is what it stands for. Mm, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty it's much. an old wooden ship, <laughs> right? Uh, okay, so to back, back to it though. Let's let's digital relevance, right? So, that, so that's my we, point though, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. If we move into uh, like so driving engagement, you can engage people yeah. with the word fuck, that's for sure. But if, if you uh, are trying to drive engagement. What are your suggestions for the folks out there listening to this to be able to get more engagement? Because often people put very credible or very interesting or very well-written content out there, and then nobody engages with it. No, Sometimes nobody even looks at it. They don't even give it a second glance. What's wrong? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times that happens when someone doesn't post very often, and, they, you know, and there's a... I'll take this in kind of two parts. One for engagement. One thing is, is part of it is consistency. So making sure that you're consistently interacting with a platform, whatever it be you, I do recommend you start, if you're not out there much, you start on one platform and just commit fully to it. And what I mean by that are post articles, everything, put it there first. It's called a canonical tag. You basically want your original content to, uh, live and be born on that platform. Cause it's more discoverable for the purposes of SEO. But the point being is, Commit to one, be consistent with it, minimum five days a week, one post a day, you know, something. That'll drive engagement by itself. Second is you need to be proactively networking with people to, to get to know them and online. So that, that drives engagement, tagging them in posts, et cetera, you know, commenting on theirs. Um, yeah, if, you don't, if people don't care about you, they won't care about your content. And people uh, engage yeah. with your content it, it, literally just because they care about you. 
Yeah, absolutely. Even if they don't like the content. And like you said, too, where post every single day, uh, if you don't do that, yeah, it's actually the math behind it that that completely screws you. So you're at the bottom of the barrel. Your post will have no visibility because you're considered irrelevant because social media um, platforms are, are just a relevance engine. That's all they are. Where you, are. the user, are the product, right? <laughs> so that's the thing is that it's a relevance engine where you're the product. So if you're not constantly putting uh, uh, material out there, that means you're not generating products for them, which means you're not important. And also uh, people are not likely to want to see your stuff. So the more you engage with it, the more money you make them by becoming the product, the more they will, they will uh, congratulate you with having your posts appear in feeds and all that fun stuff. So it's like a satisfactory dopamine release type of thing. So if you post every day, now, even if your content's crap, you're going to get more engagement because it's going to be at the top of people's feeds, period. It, it does help to have better content for sure, but you, you well, are yeah. right. You, you, <laughs> that does help for the, for the you know, the, the math being where it shows it in front of 10 people, if 10 viewed it for longer than so much time, it shows into another 10 and then so on and 100 then again, and off it goes. And so on the engagement side though, you know, that takes a lot of time. So some of the recommendations are, you know, you can outsource some of that engagement if you're allowed to on the platform or there, there's other creative ways to drive better engagement but so you don't have to do it but at a bare minimum let's call it the not the people like myself who have an incredible amount of uh, uh social media work being done at once but it, i would say just give you like 30 minutes to an hour today to write if anything here's a simple thing you do is go share a trending story on the homepage of your platform linkedin or twitter or something else go reshare it read it have a thoughtful comment that's, you know, a paragraph long of something. Ask a question back to your people who may watch it and, and share it. And then at the very least, you, you've added value into that platform because you've taken something that's already trending and help it trend further. Yeah. And so and adding value is key because mm -hmm. if you if you want to start, if you want to generate leads from LinkedIn posts, which is easy, I do it all the time. Right. It's about adding value to and starting a conversation. If you leave a comment on someone else's comment. It's conversational. If you leave a comment in general, it needs to be something that is easily becoming a conversation, maybe controversial, maybe something that people are very passionate about, but adding true value and conversation to it. So there's a back and forth. Once you get the back and forth going, that's when you've achieved it and keeping that going. So never finishing. And I teach my team this all the time. Never finish on a dead end saying, oh, well, that's great. What do you say after that? Nothing. Or bless your heart. Like that's that fantastic. Or it's like, I feel this way about it. And then you're not asking how they feel. It's one way. Therefore, it's a dead end. They say, okay, cool. You feel that way about it. And that's the that's the end of that. So never leaving dead ends and then often yeah. finishing on a question, right? Always, yeah. But I'm going to come on your post from now on with bless your heart. You're good people. That's how I'm <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I'm... <laughs> Bless your heart. Yeah. Bless your heart. Bless oh, my heart. God. That's a Southern thing, too. It, it really is. When I moved down south, my God, uh, this lady said it to me in a gas station. And I was like, oh, that was so sweet. And this other lady was like, um, you're obviously not from around here. Uh, so I'm going to let you know ahead of time. And always remember this because this is a very important thing down here to remember. When she said that to you, that is a very bad thing. Okay. She, she was pretty much telling you that she wants nothing to do with you by saying that. So keep that in mind. You know, Plus your heart is the opposite of what it means. And, and it means go die pretty much. You um, know, a, a, a friend of mine's a, a, you know, he's a lot of things, but one of the things he is is a, like a Southern Baptist preacher. And I give him crap for it. Not because it is because he realized one day that when he would say, he was telling me the story. I didn't, I didn't even veil this, but he was telling me a story that he used to say, uh, praise Jesus. Every time he was frustrated 
And someone said to him one time, well, you know, you don't cuss and he doesn't cuss. I don't know how he does that, but he, but what he said was praise Jesus. Like you're effectively cussing because that's your way internally that you're angry. And go, and the difference is I'm just saying a cuss word and you're using the Lord's name in vain. And he was like, shit. <laughs> what he said, like, he never cussed. And I, and I thought that was funny because the guy who never cussed finally released the cuss word. And he, he never doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It made sense. Uh, ne never, never use, uh, never use the name of God in the voice of anger, like or whatever it is. That's like Luke something or another. I don't know. I don't know nothing about the Bible. I break the rule a lot. Um, well, but but it, it was just funny though. Like you know, with you know how, the things you say and, and coming. And I'll tie it back to the digital relevance. The things you say and how you say it, and how often you do it, and where you do it, and 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 you know, online creates your relevance and. The final part of that is, and the engagement is, what do you want someone to do once they actually interact with you? And initially, you might be like, nothing. I just want them to have a conversation, which is a great strategy, and then go do it again. And at some point, you should probably meet with that person or connect with them on a different level. But you want to probably try to give three times until you ask for anything. And, and the three things might be just comments on their post or resharing of their article or something else. Or, or maybe it's just asking who they'd like to meet or meeting with them and, and just driving value before you try to sell them a thing or, or do anything. And, and if you can do that, not only will people just honestly like you better, you'll get better results for the leads you're trying to do because you're going to spot a lot of people you actually can help and they can actually help you. And they'll they'll truly appreciate that. Yeah, and it'll, it'll keep people from having that immediate reaction of what the hell does this guy want from me? They're probably gonna have that. You want to avoid. You don't want to be one of those people. Like it, what cracks me up the most: people who post about their product and people who do initial outreach with a pitch. Just, just, just stop all of it. Just stop all. They shouldn't be allowed to use social media. It, it, it's, I mean, come on. Have pe the people who do that? I don't know who does it here that's listening or anybody or if I'm insulting anybody I do it every day but right. guess what it needs to end now and I'm not actually sorry but th th my question is if it doesn't work all the time like it doesn't why do you keep doing it yeah so the part of that's the lazy it's the slot machine right so the mentality of I just kind of I don't care it's you know you can't do volume as much anymore and I think that's why LinkedIn and other places reduced it volume based outreach doesn't work anymore it doesn't. Well, you're also you're also restricted. So you're just wasting time. I, I think it's also the laziness of actually what we just described, which is the real engagement side of it. It'd be better for you to send a hundred good, in, like do a little homework. You know, spend five minutes over a, over a week and send a hundred good introductions of something that you, you read their thing, you learned something about them, you had a question. You'll get forty or fifty percent of those back with a reply. And yeah, I'd love to connect. Let's meet. And that's it. And that that's to accomplish the goal where the other might be like 10 or 15% at best. Um, there's a time to ask for things. Maybe, maybe your pitch is something, Hey, I'd love, like for you, it might be like, come on the podcast. I'd love to promote your podcast. That actually is a pitch that might work um, to be fair, but it the, needs but to be mutually of, beneficial and it needs to be yeah, a pattern. Exactly. Interrupt. It, exactly. And, and I think that there's thing, but, but when I get a, if I can't read your introductory and get the gist of it before I have to hit the word more, or anything else, then it's, it's it's honestly your chance of me actually connecting or, or, or actually reading it or almost zero. But if you send a link in on the first one. Oh, my God. You're dead to me. Nope. Yeah. there. Like I said, there, there is probably a place for it. It's just I haven't figured it out what it would be. I've tried it. There is no place for it. You know that hyperlinks in a, a, a connection request on LinkedIn 
like if you put a link in there, they're not clickable. They programmed it to not be clickable. You cannot click them. So if you put a link in there, email, email, LinkedIn works, you're, you're, right? that means you're you're expecting someone to get a connection request from you, and then and expand the actual connection request to see the link, and then copy and paste the link into another window or another tab to look it up and then connect with you. That's is absolute batshit crazy. And then you have uh, on a phone, you can't even copy the text out of a connection request uh, uh, text box thing that pops no, up. I know, it's horrible. So what, what is the expectation there? I, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll, uh, we'll send, I'll sometimes do it on a, after once a connection request is made, I'll send something out. Hey, drop on my calendar. You'd like to learn more. People do that pretty often, often actually. I don't like on the, the, the one, one and done calendar request, man. No, I, I don't, do don't do it. That? Like for example, my calendar, uh, request to acceptance rate on LinkedIn is about 87.9%. Why is it that you, high? Because I you never, never lead like with it. it. Oh, never lead with it. No, no. You you can get once someone's accepted it in the. I I even usually put the step in between, like, hey, do you want to meet? If so, I'll send the county, and it, and we're usually at that. You're giving some at least the option not to be overwhelmed by it, and they say, hey, yeah, sure, or just not interested. Yeah, that works. Okay, fine. But that way, you're always filling it up with people who actually care, and and I I agree with you on that one. So, right, um, I'm all about the human conversation. I, I don't agree with uh, LinkedIn automation. Uh, for example, I'm developing a LinkedIn tool right now. My company is. It's to kill the LinkedIn automation crap because it's mm -hmm. just noise. You're just creating more noise and it becomes harder to sell and communicate with everybody. It, it just adds to the problem. Every person who does it, it adds to the problem. So what I'm doing uh, in this case, uh, my company is doing is that we're building a, a, a Chrome plugin where you go onto someone's profile and then it tells you the percentage of probability that they, that they will fit as a client. That's mm -hmm. all it does. Then you could take the time necessary to research them and do the work when they're a good fit so that you can uh, you can connect with them and approach them and talk to them from a full on human perspective with purpose and meaning behind it. Sign me up. I'm on for the bait on that one. Oh, yeah. No, actually, if you want to, we're looking for people right now. I will, uh, I will beta the shit out of that. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> you, you'll put it up for the real test. I'll be a master beta client client. Oh, damn. Nothing better than a master beta, right? Master beta. Like, I'd be one of your best ones. <laughs> that, oh, that's fantastic. That's that's that's, a, that's a, such an old joke. What is that? Uh, all, the first time I heard it was Austin Powers. That, that, he's a master. Oh, I think it was from um, it was from a, a Richard Pryor movie. And the kid, he had, he had to spend 30 million in 30 days or something like that. And, and the kid's name was Master Bates. <laughs> oh, they called it up. Uh, what was that? It's the uh, something. It's some guy's name challenge. It's yeah, I don't, I, it's just an old movie from the '80s, probably. And it was like I remember that watch. <laughs> that Richard was hilarious, man. Fantastic comedian. Uh, and, okay, so moving to the last, I guess the last piece here. I know that we just kind of like that was a weird bridge. Uh, I, I don't think you do it. That's gonna like it. But uh, I want to talk about one more thing before you. Um, you know, leave us today and we, we finish this up is that how did you get to the followership on LinkedIn that you got to without, well, did you do it with spamming or with, with automation? Like how, what was the strategy behind that to be able to achieve that? Because it's, it's not as easy as it looks to get to that level. Um, you can get to what 10, 20,000 followers on LinkedIn, then it kind of subsides, even if you're using automation and all that stuff. But yeah, how do you get past that like breach point. 
I don't think I don't think you're limited at 1020. I think what happens is is this is that uh, to answer your question, I think it's just good timing. But I'm also it's the right time, right uh, circumstances with uh, more people online, more people needing to create content, more people realizing it's hard. Not you know in the past it's always been just marketing companies, but there's a lot of people now that are like I need to get more relevant. You know I can't go talk to people sending right things. So I think there's an influx of need and, and demand. Uh, hence why you see a, a, an increase first with the AI writing. So, but that's just not enough. You can see AI writing is moving to some of the models that we do at Instarel. Uh Part of it is a strategy I applied with with it, which is I, I, I freed my time from creating a bunch of content and engaging with it so I could fill that time with going on podcasts, with promoting a YouTube channel, with adding value to other people's platforms. And so I've gotten out there in front of more people. I didn't just sit back and wait for it to happen. I, I created space so I could go network more. I could go become relevant in other areas. That step is key to gaining tens of thousands of followers is, is doing stuff like that. And I also think though, at some point it slows down because I think for what you offer and what you are, you have a certain level of messaging and certain things you do. And that's going to appeal to some Ven of the people out there that we should care, and the algorithms will do. Yeah, we'll put that around. Leader. Well, so you have the base user, you have the networker, you have the thought leader, you have the hero, and then you have the gurus at the top. And you got some ultimate influencers who grew because you used to be able to go, you know, spend a few thousand connections out a day, yeah, <laughs> you right. know, and, and and that's what they needed. Uh, but I, I think at some point though, the reason people top out 10, 20,000 slows down is because they're not, they're not changing their tone or their messages or appealing to a wide enough audience to what they do. And so they're not networking enough. And so one thing I've really grown with is I'm networked all over the world now from you know, India, Russia, Philippines, Tel Aviv, Beirut, Sweden, UK, you know, just keep it Australia. And that's, that really exposes your profile out quite a bit to a new audience. And, and they all needed content and they all needed advice on digital relevance. And they need to how, figure out how to do engagement. And how do you manage the time and people? And, you know, you know, and the approach we take right for marketing is a fixed cost approach with an asset building model as opposed to cost per click, you know, pull the slot machine, let's hope we win. And that appeals because a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not funded by a hundred million dollar startup venture capital. You know, so I need to like be smart about it. So they can, you can spend, you know, a bunch of money on marketing or a bunch of money on engineering when you have limited resources. You, you need to pick the engineering side of that probably. And so um, we, we just, I think the timing of it, it was just, was just good. But at the core, all the stuff we described is what we did, but it's what I do in the, in the free time and how active I am to help others, to get on podcasts, to bring people on mine, to promote people within my own private network. That's, that's where it's made right there. It's a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. And empowerment, attribution, and empowerment. It's making it about others is actually more of a relevance and an attention driver than it is about making it about yourself or about something. Yeah, you'll give So there's a, there's a thing, uh, I'm part of a group called Abundance 360 and, and Peter Diamandis is, that's his like private group. Right. And one of the things they, they taught in that was, you know, you, you help a billion, you'll make a billion. And so don't worry about, making the billion just go help a billion people so if i can help a million people I, I should be able to achieve whatever it is i'm trying to do financially or for my world of my business uh so i'm just going to focus on helping others and when they need help from me they come they, they're coming to me i'm not going to them for it and so that's right i learned the same thing in the proctor gallagher institute you know bob proctor's program where it's the zeros in your bank account are determined by services rendered 
Yeah, agreed. And, and, and that's exactly the mentality. You know, a new experiment looking forward, right, is, you know, LinkedIn was a high focus last year. This year, it's uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram. So we're going to double the social media outreach. You know, I'm, I literally did no tweeting consumption or or publishing I at all. I do not understand Twitter worth a fucking damn. Like, it, it, I, you can you can throw a, a, a Twitter influencer, you know, uh, framework in my face and it would hit me and I wouldn't even know that it hit me in the face. It just, well, it, it, but it, I, I will tell you this, it has a different appeal because you can actually assign admins. So I have some people working on mine that now were, uh, first week grew a hundred, you know, zero to a hundred, right. In a week. And it, and they're doing the method of give, right. Of, of, of go share other people's stuff, comment in, learn about others and let, let's, you know, and get, draw attention to who I need to go interact with. And, you know, Instagram has like, you know, like 280 to it, it's, it's a small amount, but it's like week one, right? It's like, wow, that's kind of cool. Like no cost per click. We're going to go grab it on another platform. And, and we have, I have a strategy that we're going to go apply to that. And we're going to go, we have content that's leveraged. So the core team too, I think we takeaways. We, I create content to be leveraged across multiple social media platforms. So I get a one to many scale on that. And so when I create content that's going to be shared on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or tick, whatever, it's all the same. It's just repurposed slightly. So it gets for the right format. And, and that's really key to scale is to create stuff that could work across and bend it a little bit, but then you, you need to get out there. Reusable, replicable content, super important. Yeah. And I, I'll have to give you an introduction. A, a, a good friend of mine is uh, Tony Peck. He's known as the godfather of Instagram. Um, he's one of the I would definitely like to meet that 30 under 30 guys uh, <laughs> out in New York. Um, and uh, we do things together, events, stuff like that. Uh, and I can always give you an introduction because if you're trying to figure out Instagram, he literally is an Instagram famous uh, make. He, he makes you on Instagram. That's what he does for a living. He makes you Insta famous. I would love to be Instagramly. Yeah, that'd be a great offer accepted. Perfect. Sounds good. So that'll cl conclude for today, everybody. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Now, Thomas, what's the best place for people to get a hold of you? Honestly, it's best to get on my calendar. It's calendar.com slash Instarel, I-N-S-T-A-R-E-L. Come meet with me. You can go to the website, which is instarel.ai, but if you just want to talk, tell me what, what you do, just go on the calendar. You can go check the website. That's fine. But the truth is, at the end of the day, I want to meet with you. So come come meet with me. Uh, and that's a great place to start. Yeah. And that sounds fantastic. And everybody knows that this podcast is brought to you by White Rabbit Intel. Uh where they can help you hyper-target people who fit and know who will become your next best customers inside and outside your pipeline. So thank you so much, everybody. I appreciate it. Again, thank you, Thomas, and I hope everybody has a good night. If you enjoyed this episode, follow Down the Rabbit Hole podcast for new episodes weekly on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, and YouTube. If you'd like to apply to be featured on the podcast or recommend a featured guest, please feel free to email us at the team at whiterabbitintel.com.